the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is pre-recorded. Opinions expressed may not reflect those of Salem Media of Colorado or its sponsors. This is Life in Colorado, a radio news magazine about the issues, events, and the unique life we live in the Centennial State. Thanks for tuning in to Life in Colorado. I'm Mark Howington, and with me on the phone is Christine Alford. Christine, you're the executive director of Denver Food Rescue, and thanks for being on our program. Well, thanks so much for having me, Mark. It's a pleasure to be here. Just wanted to start at the beginning, which is always a good place to start. Tell me about Denver Food Rescue. How did you get started? Yeah, so Denver Food Rescue is a nonprofit organization that was founded in 2012 by a gentleman named Turner Wyatt. Um, We are actually the sister organization um, of Boulder Food Rescue. So rescue efforts started out in Boulder um, and then quickly recognized that there needed to be efforts then here in Denver. So in 2012, Turner Riot just kind of started out with rescuing food from grocery stores or your local corner markets and um, getting it out to community by way of already established organizations. Um, And during that time, he also realized that he wanted to make sure that there was a bigger purpose for it. So our mission is to produce health equity with Denver's neighborhoods. We do this by way of resident-led, volunteer-driven programming that is called no-cost grocery programs. And we adopted that model in 2014. We also recognize that a lot of other rescue organizations or food organizations um, do more of a hub-and-spoke model which in turn, we, we want to make sure that all of the produce, the highly perishable food items that we rescue, um, are directly distributed back out into the community within two hours to ensure that we are not ultimately contributing to the food waste um, problem that we have here in Denver. And that is also recognizable all over the United States. Well, that's excellent. You you mentioned one, one key word that I picked on there was resident-led. And so talk about that. How do how do people get involved in this? If, if you're a resident and you want to get involved, you want to be, uh, you know, an organizer in this program, you want to help distribute that food, how do people get involved? Sure. So all of our no-cost grocery programs are formed by way of RFP, Request for Programs. So not any time does Denver Food Rescue say, okay, um, community, we recognize that you guys are under-resourced, underserved, and have um, a diet or have a higher percentage of diet-related illness. Um, But in turn, the community comes to us. They recognize that there is a need. um, There's a food insecurity need, and there is um, a need to ensure that we are combating food waste and by by way of resident-led programming. Um, so when we say resident-led, that is a, it's exactly what it, what it says. Um, residents from the community members run these no-cost grocery programs to ensure that they are inclusive and diverse and that they are dedicated and tailored directly to fit that community's needs. 
Um, we know nine times out of 10, most of your food bank models, um, it's one model and not one model fits all. Um, and we recognize that there is power in, um, you know, the differences and the different in di- demographics and the diversity and the culture inclusiveness um, that is within different communities. And we want to ensure, ensure that we're adhering to that and being sensitive to um, cultural relevancy and, and inclusivity by way of resident-led programming. So let's say, for example, my church wanted to start a uh, food bank. What, mm-hmm. what would be the starting place with you folks? How would we get something like that going? Yeah, so we, um, you would put in a request for programming at denverfoodrescue.org on our website, and then you will get contacted by one of our staff here. Um, we'll go through an application process just to make sure that, you know, you are a part of community and you know what the needs of community are. Um, we pride ourselves on really gathering information through integration of feedback. So making sure that the community is at the forefront of all decision-making and making sure that they are engaged in the decisions that are being made on behalf of them. Okay, so that so, would be the first start. So I'll, I'll back you up there. So, you know, um, and again, I'm just using my church as an example because I know there are probably uh, neighborhood organizations. There are probably... Uh, you know, groups that meet. I don't know if, you know, other what other groups would put together this resource. But so I'll just use my church as an example. We may not be familiar with all of the needs. However, I will say that we do have contact with the neighborhood organization that meets. In fact, the, the mayor of Lakewood has been at part of these meetings. So we at least have access to the neighbors who do meet together. How would we go about finding out the needs of, the, of, of that neighborhood or that community? Um, by engaging with the community, Mark, you know, you there's different events that happen, the, the school board meetings that happen out there, you know, people, you, you have local community champions and advocates. And a lot of times people that have privilege and capacity are at the forefront of making those decisions, um, but not necessarily know what the needs are or what the best way to go about that. So I encourage and empower people to go out into community and, and have those authentic, transparent conversations and add some depth to some of the conversations that are out there so that we can truly, truly get to what the need is and how we can best assist that. Sounds good. Christine Alford, she is the executive director of the Denver Food Rescue. And again, this is Life in Colorado. I'm Mark Howington. Christine, so I mentioned my church, but what other organizations do get involved in helping uh, distribute food through Denver Food Rescue? Yeah, so Mark, we have 21 no-cost grocery programs that are located all around the Denver metro area. Um, We partner with local, already established um, local organizations such as Boys and Girls Club, after-school programs, senior citizen facilities, um, people that are already established in the community where community is coming, where they already have a trustee Um, authentic relationship with them. And then we also want to ensure that we're cutting down some of those barriers and challenges and one being transportation. So we know if we place these no-cost grocery programs in already established places where um, families are are coming, then we know that that eliminates at least that piece of the transportation barrier. So let's talk about then, obviously, if there are organizations like we've been talking about who want to help out, who want to be a part of distributing this food, uh, the first step, it sounds like, is contact your office, Denver Food Rescue. And again, how would they do that? They would go to the website at denverfoodrescue.org. 
Great. Okay. And are there is there once you get there is there I mean, is it pretty obvious when people log on, hey, click here or start here? or? Yep, it says, want to start your own NCGP, and you would just click that link, and then you'll be able to fill out some information for us, and we will get that, and our somebody on our program team will reach right back out. Well, you can just make it easy. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, we do. We, we try to make sure that we eliminate any challenges and barriers to, to make sure that we're able to produce health equity with Denver neighborhoods. Okay, so let's say an organization then has made the starting steps and they uh, have communicated to you the needs of the, the neighborhood or the people they're working with. What's next? Well, then we figure out what time works best for that community, um, and then we find a local distributor. Now, Mark, when we first started out, um, all of our volunteers, um, all of the food that was picked up and distributed um, was done via bicycle. Unfortunately, due to gentrification and due to the amount of food that is now having to be rescued, it's kind of unethical for us to ask a volunteer to, you know, bike 10 miles um, round trip with upward of 500 pounds of rescued food in the back of a trailer. Um, so we've had to move to cars, but that is what we try to do. We, we try to make sure that the time works for the community and then find food that fits within that time frame. Because again, we don't do the hub and spoke model. We do direct distribution. So we want to ensure that from the time that that food is picked up, it is back out into community within two hours. Okay, so talk about that then, direct distribution. So let's let's trace the food back to maybe its source. You, I know that you have uh, several sources that you get the food from. So let's talk about that first. Yeah, so we um, we partner with local grocery stores, your wholesale distributors, your local cardenasitias, and Asian markets around um, to rescue their highly perishable food items. So we know that not only in Denver, but around the United States, 40% of food goes to waste, while 1 in 11 and 1 in 7 children are food insecure. Um, So with that direct distribution model, we're kind of killing two, uh, we're planting two seeds with, um, you know, with one flower there. And we are ensuring that we are eliminating the potential um, further waste of this produce and then ensuring that it's getting right back out into the community. So once it's picked up then from these food providers, uh, where where does it go from there? From there, it goes straight to the distribution no-cost no grocery program site. Okay, and so I used my church for an example. If we were to start a food bank or other organizations who might have one, for example, I went to a food bank that was, I, I think it was being served out of a community center, and, you know, they had people lined up and they, they got your information, your name and so forth, and and then we're able to determine your needs, and and uh, I don't know if there's anything like that. So talk about then if someone were going to pick up that food that's been delivered to a to a center, what what does that process look like? Yeah. Um, so Mark, that's another thing that sets us apart from other food banks. Um, so our no cost grocery programs, like I mentioned before, we want to make sure that we're eliminating any kind of barriers or challenges that there are to ensure that this family is food secure. Um, so we don't ask for any identification at all. Um, we do take an attendance 
at the No Cost Grocery Program. And it's really simple. It's just the zip code that you are coming from, the number of people in your household, how many people within your household are youth, and if it's your first time visiting our No Cost Grocery Program. Okay. So within that data that we take, um, we've recognized that although our programs are only in the Denver area, um, with taking that zip code data, we've noticed that we are also serving the surrounding three counties. And then we also noticed that three quarters of the participants that we serve are youth. Youth, did you say? That's Youth, yes. That's interesting. So... Um, what, what do you, and obviously, since you don't take a lot of information, you, you probably don't know this answer for sure, but I'm just kind of uh, asking for your experience. What what kinds of people are we talking about? You know, what, what do you think their situ, life situation is that's that's led them to, to have the need that you're fulfilling? Which, by the way, I want to say, uh, if I didn't say it up front, thank you for being part of our community and for providing this much-needed service. Do you, do you have some, some stories about maybe people who've been helped and what what life situation they found themselves in. Yeah. Um, well, Mark, you know, personally first-handed, I can tell you my personal story. Um, I started with Denver Food Rescue about five years ago as a participant of a no-cost grocery program. I encountered this program in one of my child's after-school programs, and this resource was available there. Um, and from that day forward, I, I recognized the need to produce health equity for everybody to be able to have their birthright of having fresh, edible, healthy food, um, you know, to combat not only illnesses, but food insecurity within that. Um, so that's a little bit about my story. And here I am sitting as the executive director of this organization. So that kind of just proves the the power and empowerment that is there and visible that happens and transpires within the time of these programs um, by way of being authentic and transparent and, and really valuing um really valuing people's life circumstances and, and knowing that we can we can ultimately have a positive impact in the direction that they are moving by way of making sure that, you know, not only their stomachs are fed, but also feeding their souls. Excellent. Talk about that. How do you how do you feed souls? Yeah, so, you know, um, we, we make sure that we, we build those relationships and we're intentional with those. Um, another thing that differentiates us from other organizations is our board of directors is, com- is community-led as well. So every one of my board members um, comes from the communities that we are working with and serving. Um, so that makes sure and it, it makes way for um ensuring that there is a redistribution of power and making sure that community wealth building and those trusting relationships are meaningful and impactful and that the voices of those that are often unheard and unsaid um, are at the forefront of of all of the decision-making around our mission to produce health equity. Again, I'm talking with Christine Alford. She's the executive director of Denver Food Rescue. And so, Christine, as, as I think about our conversation thus far, I'm thinking about you know two two branches which we'll take. The first one is maybe there's somebody listening and they're thinking, okay, yeah, I you know I recently got either lost my job or my wage was cut because of COVID, and yeah, boy, I could really use some food in the cupboard right now. I'm, I'm you know I look in my refrigerator and it's kind of bare, and the cupboards are equally so. 
So how do people find out where to get this food? How do, do they contact you or how do they find out where these distribution centers are? Yes. So we have multiple ways. Um, so of course you can go to denverfoodrescue.org and it will show you all of our public open programs that are running. Um, one thing I didn't mention is we do have a program that runs every day of the week. They are in different communities and at different times, but we are a seven days a week operation. So that is one way that they can go, denverfoodrescue.org, and select the public open programs um, tab, and it will show you all of those there. They can call us in on at our info line at 720-675-7337, and one of our staff members will pick up the line and, and work, that, work with them and guide them to a program that is closest to them. Um, and they can also shoot an email over to info at denverfoodrescue.org. Okay. And so talk about the experience once they would arrive to pick up the food. I mean, is it, you, do, you, do you get a box or is it, do you get to pick and choose yeah. kind of based upon your needs and maybe dietary restrictions? Or to talk about the experience mm-hmm. of actually going there and getting the food. Yeah. So, you know, pre-COVID, it would be definitely more inclusive than what it is now and have more choice. And so pre-COVID, we would set up our no-cost grocery programs kind of like a farmer's market or a farmer's stand um, where participants would come and they would sign in and they'll be able to choose whatever and how how much of whatever is available there. um, And that would be it. During COVID, though, we've definitely had to switch up and pivot our model um, to make sure that we are keeping not only our volunteers and ourselves safe, but keeping the community safe as well. So we have now moved to more of like a pre-box or pre-packed box um, style of distribution. So you will still come in um, and sign up as, as normal. And some people will are hand signing up all of their participants, depending on the location. Um, but there's an already, there's a box already pre preset. Um, and because this, again, Mark, this is rescued food. So we never know how much, how or what the contents of the food is going to be. Um, but we try our best to make sure that all of the highly perishable food items that we get is that there's a variety of them. And again, that it's kind of culturally relevant and inclusive to the community that it's serving. So, yeah, one of the things that you talked about earlier is that a lot of these distribution centers are folks that are in the neighborhoods. They're working with the people directly that are in the neighborhoods. You, I, I picked up on the word culturally uh, relevant food. So obviously those uh, distribution centers, because they have the connection with the neighborhood, they, they know what foods I suppose the neighborhood uh, prefers. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, again, it's rescued food. So we we don't really have the choice of, of options um, within the food that we rescue. Um, but we do recognize that there's some familiarities with, with some, some foods and there's some that aren't that familiar um, to, to that culture within that community. So we want to ensure that we also are able to educate and, um, you know, give people different experiences and, and have a different food story and introduce them to new foods that they, you know, aren't so relevant for them. So we do that by way of, you know, recipe cards or making sure that there is an informational card about, you know, 
baby potentially that jackfruit that came through this community and you didn't know what to do with it or you got some jicama on the side and you didn't know what to do with it um, so those are readily available you know all of that nutritional content info on that item and also um, a complimentary recipe to go with that I like that because I would have no idea what to do with jicama <laughs> so I'm just curious if you, I mean, do you know how to cook jicama? Because I don't. I have no idea. You know, I eat jicama raw, and I come from a Spanish background, so I throw some chamoy and tamarindo on it, and I am good to go. All right, I'm coming um, to your house for dinner then. That's, 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 that sounds great. You are well, more than welcome anytime, Mark. So, sounds awesome. So the other branch that I want to, to go down then, obviously we've talked about uh, people who feel they have a need and so they can contact you. Again, give that contact information. How would somebody, uh, again, who has a need, find that this food that you're talking about? Yes. So visit our website at denverfoodrescue.org. You can call our info line at 720-675-7337, or you can shoot us an email at info at denverfoodrescue.org. Great. Again, this is Christine Alford. She's the executive director of Denver Food Rescue. So the other branch, Christine, is how about if people want to volunteer, they want to get involved, talk, talk about all the volunteers that you need to make this happen. Yeah. So right now we have a, a base of about 180 volunteers that volunteer with us. Um, you know, again, we are a seven days operation or seven days a week operation. We know that food insecurity needs to be combated 365 days a year. So we make sure that we, we do our best to do that. Um, so we hold new volunteer orientations every Wednesday, depending on the Wednesday that it is happening and um, will depend on the time. So like today, we are having a new volunteer orientation that um, just uh, that started at 12 p.m. So next week, um, it will start at 5.30 p.m. And if you want to sign up to be a volunteer with us to pick up a shift, um, we like to make sure that we are kind of ridding ourselves of some of those privilege and capacity and, and other complexes that are out there. So we would love to have volunteers that are interested in doing, um, you know, one shift for, for a long term um, to build that authentic relationship with the community so it doesn't look like, you know, I'm, I'm bringing you the food and, and here I did my service for you, but more of really building community and bridging some of those gaps that are out there. Yeah. Um, so you can do that by signing up on our website um, at denverfoodrescue.org. There's a volunteer tab, and then you'll be able to shoot an inquiry in there, um, and then you'll be able to also sign up for in a new volunteer orientation that works for your time. So if I'm a new volunteer, then tell me tell me a little bit about this orientation. What uh, do mm-hmm. I, I show up? How long does it last, for example? Yeah, and then what so, topics do you cover? Cool. So the new volunteer orientation um, talks about everything from the history of Denver Food Rescue to the challenges and barriers that we are combating and dismantling to the actual shifts and routes and what you will be doing um, within that. Um, this orientation usually lasts about an hour, and um, they are done via Zoom now. Um, Pre-COVID, they were in person to make sure that we were, you know, building more of a community and had that personal feel to it. Um, but after you come to new volunteer orientation, and then you pick um, a training shift, so you'll go out with some of our more experienced volunteers that have been doing shifts for a while. 
Um, you'll pick a shift, a training shift to do, and you'll go out with them and do a shift. And then once you're confident and comfortable to hit the road by yourself, you will pick a shift and you will start building community and engaging in the mission of us to produce health equity with Denver neighborhoods. I like I like this model. I like the, the relationships that you're talking about building, and I, I think that's got to be very successful for this outreach. Is as as we've had this conversation again. This is Christine Alford, Executive Director of Denver Food Rescue. Christine, is there anything that I haven't covered? Is there something that you'd really like to share about Denver Food Rescue, what their mission is, and and uh, just uh, just open the floor to you? Is there anything else that's on your your heart and mind? Yeah, well, you know, I, I talk about resident-led, volunteer-driven, um, direct distribution models. Um, you know, for me, it's really making sure that the community is at the forefront of all of the decisions that are being made on behalf of them. Um, I encourage and empower people to make sure that if you don't have community members or if you are not directly engaged with community, to, to find a way to do that. Find a way to dismantle some of those challenges and barriers that are out there um, to to really to really combat the unjust systems um, of why we have so much food insecurity, um, why we have so many children that need healthy food in their homes, um, and also to you know rid rid ourselves of some of those privilege and capacity and savior complexes. We are in this together, and if we cannot figure out a way to work to re- together and really um, uplift the voices that are unheard, unseen, and unspoken, and and really combat some of these other challenges and barriers. Um, it, it's needed for us in Denver, for us all over the United States, to ensure that we have a cohesive way of working together and being collaborative to really empower and uplift. Um, what is happening and and making sure that we're really getting to the root of the causes. We know that we are only addressing one thing, which is food insecurity, or two things, excuse me, food insecurity and food waste. But we know that there's also systematic problems that go with that. And we need to continue to advocate and continue to build community champions um, and ensure that we're paving the way for them to be um, seated at the table as stakeholders, as respected people in the decision-making and, and knowing that in their integration of feedback and their stories and their diversity and inclusiveness is, is valued. And it's what's needed for us to come up with a better and just food system for Denver. Christine Alford, Executive Director of Denver Food Rescue, thanks for being a part of Life in Colorado. If you have questions or comments about today's program, please call 303-750-5687 or email us at lifeincolorado at salemdenver.com. Life in Colorado is a public affairs presentation of Salem Media of Colorado.